Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't you join us in prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, thank you so much for this day that you have made, O Lord, for we shall rejoice and be also glad in it, O Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, that you will join us to be here with us today. Holy Spirit, guide these words, O Lord God. Guide this message, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you prepare the hearts and the minds and the spirits of those listeners that are out there today, O Lord God, to, to, to see and to hear and to understand your message here today, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, God, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Again, Pastor Mike here, glad you could join us. And I'll say at the outset, if you don't have your Bible, hit pause, go get your Bible, maybe a pencil, a pen, a marker or something to take some notes with because you'd be surprised uh, as these words come across uh, today and you make markings in your Bible, you'd be surprised how these words can come back to help you uh, later on in life as things come your way. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, to get, to get right, uh, right at it. Um, again, this is the new season, the new year, a new journey for, for all of us out there. And uh, we talked a bit about how the, uh, the Lord is, is doing a new thing uh, in our lives. Many things that you're praying for and hoping for, God is shaping you to, uh, to bring those things to reality and to fruition in your life. And as we go into this new season and go about doing what God is calling us to do, or maybe we're searching for some answers or whatever, maybe, maybe some prayers out there are still pending on your behalf, uh, we need to really understand, okay, if you're a born-again believer, Jesus Christ is indeed your Lord and Savior that you have Holy Spirit with you to guide you, okay? Now, many times you say, well, gee, was, you know, I've heard this thing about, you know, the Holy Spirit guiding me, you know, but just, just how do I go about doing that? And if you're a new believer, then this, the whole concept of the Holy Spirit being there for you and to guide you may, may, be, may be very new to you. So today I want to touch on the Holy Spirit and, 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 and look at how he is there. Look at God's intention for sending him. Jesus talked a great, great deal at length about him and, and, and understand how he, he is real. Holy Spirit is the third part of the, the Trinity, the Godhead. He is real. And if you're a born again believer, he is there in you and he is with you and he is there to guide you and he wants to guide you. So today I want to get a little more of an understanding uh, exactly who Holy Spirit is and what he means to you and what he wants to do in your life. Um, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he told his disciples that uh, he would send one, send one who would teach and guide all those who believe to him. Okay, okay, right. that's what Jesus said. He told his disciples that he would send one who would teach and guide them, and guide all those who believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, so why don't we see what the Word of God has to say about that? Why don't you go in your Bible to uh, John fourteen, verse number fifteen? John 14, and starting with verse number 15. Okay, and he starts out right off by saying, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Another line, please, the word comforter. He shall give you another comforter. In other words, up until now, Jesus had been their source of comfort. But now he's saying that the Father will give another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. Interesting words there that he says, uh, even the spirit of truth. Now we know he's talking about Holy Spirit. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. People in the world cannot see the Holy Spirit, neither, neither can they know Holy Spirit. 
Simple as that, because they're not born again believers. That's the criteria. All right. You cannot see or understand Holy Spirit if you're not a born again believer. Simple as that. Whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But you see me because I live. You shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loved me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. In other words, God the Father is giving you this message today. Okay? He that loves me and keeps not my sayings, and the word which he, you hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. In other words, while I'm still here, these things I'm saying to you. Verse 26, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost. There it is, plain and simple. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Okay? So the Holy Spirit, okay, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Now, remember I said a bit ago that God is going to be sending us on these new journeys and new tasks with me coming coming your way. Maybe there's a job that you are praying for and, and maybe you've been blessed with that job. And now that you have it, you're not sure how to go about doing it. Holy Spirit is going to be there to help you every single step of the way, every single step of the way. OK, so it shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Now, bringing things to your remembrance is also here. That's referring to the word of God. Okay, you've heard me say many times, some people have the, the gift of being able to memorize the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Okay, I have not been one of those people. But I'll tell you one thing, the word of God, which is deep within my spirit, whenever I need the word of God, it bubbles up. And the Holy Spirit brings those words of God back to my remembrance. This is what this is talking about here. Okay, so if you've been reading the word of God and you're praying and you're really, really trying your best to know God and to draw close to him, that all, all of this knowledge that God has given you is going into your spirit, not just into your mind. It's going deep within your spirit. And then when it's there, the Holy Spirit will trigger those words of God when they're needed in your life for things that wind up coming your way. OK, so we see that. And now also, if we go to uh, verse 16, verse 7. OK. John chapter 16, we're still in John, John chapter 16, verse number seven, okay? And it says there, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Okay, now, it's just something that I, I, I'm, I'm quoting this scripture and reading this scripture for you so you can understand the importance of what Holy Spirit is who he is, I should say, not what, but who he is. Jesus had to go. He said, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. While Jesus was here on this earth, Jesus could not pass on that Holy Spirit to us, us believers. Okay. The reason for that being is because at that point in time that he was saying this, while Jesus was still physically on this earth, his mission to the cross, if you will, had not been completed yet. 
Okay. Therefore, his mission not being completed, he could not, he had not yet taken on the sins of mankind. He had not defeated the enemy and he had not ascended and returned yet to the right hand of God. Okay. So while he was on this earth, being that man was still in a sinful state, he could not give the Holy Spirit. Okay. It wasn't until Jesus died on the cross, descended to the pit, defeated the enemy, rose again triumphantly and victoriously, returned to the Father. Then at that point, because now Jesus had taken the man, the, the, the sins of mankind on himself. Now man had been redeemed. Now Jesus could give him the Holy Spirit. Okay. And that shows us today also, Jesus, the Holy Spirit cannot, as we just read, cannot come upon who someone who is not a believer because they're still in sin. They're still in sin. They have not repented. They have not asked Jesus to be their Lord. They have, oh, excuse me. They have not repented. So therefore, they are still in a sinful state. And Holy Spirit cannot be given to them, will not be given to them. And therefore, therefore, those that are in the world see him not, as we just read in the scriptures. Okay, so just so you understand that. You are such in a privileged, oh my gosh, you're in such a privileged position where as a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit of the living God residing in you, working for you, there to comfort you when you're in need, when you're worried, when you're stressed. Whatever's going on in your life, the Holy Spirit is there to comfort you. You are such a privileged individual to be a child of God. Okay, child of God. If we go to John 7, verse 32. John 7, chapter 7, and verse 32. Okay. And we see here again, further clarification. The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then said Jesus unto them, yet a little while am I with you, and then I go unto him that sent me, meaning the Father. You shall seek me, and you shall not find me. And where I am, there you cannot come. There you cannot come. Then said the Jews among themselves, well, where will he go that we shall not find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this, that he said, you shall seek me and you shall not find me, and where I am, there you cannot come. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture uh, has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spoke he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost had not yet given, was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified, okay? So we put a highlight around verse number 39. That explains clearly what I was just saying a moment ago. But this spoke, spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, that's you and I, those that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. At this point, Holy Ghost was not yet given because, because that Jesus was not yet glorified, okay? So until Jesus was glorified, Holy Spirit could not be given. Okay, and of course that glorified meaning Jesus glorified was when he when he was uh, crucified and resurrected and went home to be with the Father. Then he, okay, so so while Jesus was on this earth until his quote unquote mission was accomplished, Holy Spirit could not be given. Okay, now obviously Jesus accomplished the mission. Okay, and so now Holy Spirit, as we know, was poured out. Well, let me not get ahead of myself. Amen. Okay, so Jesus' promise was fulfilled less than two weeks later. Um, two weeks later, when the Holy Spirit came in power on the believers at Pentecost, and we know this in the second chapter of Acts. I'm not going to go there. We've been there many times before, but jot it down and you want, if you want to go on your own. But second chapter of Acts, uh, verses 1 through 4, okay, clearly talk about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When a person believes in Christ, the Holy Spirit immediately 
becomes a permanent part of his life. Okay, when a when a person believes in Christ, the Holy Spirit immediately becomes a permanent part of his life. Go to Ephesians one eleven. Ephesians one verse eleven, and we see there, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who works all things after the counsel of His own will that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. You, you trust in Jesus? Who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, now understand what's being said there. It says, in whom you also trusted, meaning that you also trusted in Jesus Christ. After that, you heard the word of truth. Okay, so it was you hearing the word of truth about Jesus that made you come to him and start trusting him. Okay, after you heard the word of truth, then the word of truth, of course, are the words of Jesus and the words of, written in the Bible here, if you've been reading it, you know, and listening to good sermons and so forth. After you've heard the whole, the, the, um, the word of truth, the word of truth, you trusted in Jesus, okay, and you came to know him. And then the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit promise, okay? So the criteria, again, is that once you've heard the word of God, once you've heard about Jesus, and you've embraced the truth about Jesus, and you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, that now you have your salvation. And it says that after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And the key there is you believing. You can't come to Jesus and not be a believer. You simply can't. Because the word of God says that if you believe in your heart, that means deep within your spirit, if you believe that he, he, he is the son of God and that he came in to, to, to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you of your sins, if you believe that in your heart, then you're saved and thereby you're able to receive the Holy Spirit. It continues, which is the earnest or down payment, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give unto you, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Hear that? May give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Understand, underline that, please. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Okay. Now, you see, you see, you see that this, that there's something tied to, to you getting this Holy Spirit, getting Holy Spirit. Okay. And that is the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Okay, your eyes will be opened with Holy Spirit. You will begin to know and to understand things that you simply did not know or understand before because Holy Spirit will reveal them to you. You heard me say a million times, you can read the word of God and, 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 and the scriptures will, will, will say one thing to you and so forth. And, and then you may read it another time when you really, really need to understand the depth of that scripture. Holy Spirit will, will enlighten you, will open your eyes to a deeper, deeper meaning of that particular scripture. Okay. Okay. Those that do not have Holy Spirit can read the Bible cover to cover and they will not get out of it what you and I get out of reading the word of God. As simple as that, because if they can't, they don't have Holy Spirit there to enlighten them. Okay. They have to first come to Jesus. All right. So it says there now in verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us with who believe? 
according to the working of his mighty of his mighty power. Okay, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? All right. You see, you see. So so you see that 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 again, Holy Spirit there is there to reveal things to us. Okay, and there's such power there. And we're going to need this understanding of Holy Spirit. We're going to need this power as we go forth into this new season of 2024. Okay. now, if you go to uh, Ephesians four, verse one, Ephesians four, verse one. We see it where it talks about now how people are, are, are called, okay? How people are called. You are called. You're listening to this message, and perhaps you're a born-again believer. You are called, and you answered that call. I would even venture to say to you that even you're listening to this message, and if you're not yet a born-again believer, you are called, okay? God does not want you to perish. God does not want anyone on this planet, Earth, to perish, he wants all to come to the fullness and the knowledge of Jesus Christ and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So, so there's a calling. Therefore, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, uh, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech that you, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called and one hope of your calling. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended uh, up far above all heavens, heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body in Christ. Okay, we've all been called. You've all been called. You may have been called to, to be an apostle. You may have been called to be a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You've all been called. And the reason that you've been called is, is because your role is, to, is for edification of the body of Christ. That means your other brothers and sisters in the Lord. All of us have a role to play in the body of Christ. All of us. It's more than simply us confessing Jesus Christ and Lord and as Lord and then going to church, you know, once a week and maybe reading the Bible occasionally. There's a deeper, there's a deeper reason that you've been called, Saint. There's a deeper reason. You've, you've got a mission before you, okay? And in this new season, God may be fulfilling you in one of these categories that I just mentioned here. Amen, amen, amen. But, but just be on the ready, be on the ready. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body in Christ. Verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more be no more children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they live in wait to deceive. Okay. 2024, God is calling you out to stop being like a little child tossed to and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine. 
everywhere in the doctrine is every you talk to how many different people and they've got a different doctrine for what the word of God is really meaning. Okay, okay, there's one doctrine, that's the doctrine in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when you hear hear all these various opinions of what the word of God is saying and 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 men, quote unquote, you know, come at you with all sorts of interpretations of what the word of God says, if it isn't based on the word of God and Holy Spirit does not quicken to you that this is indeed right, then you want to make sure that you are not just simply tossed and fro by every single doctrine out there, by the slight of men, trickiness of men. Okay, okay, you know, you know, you've heard you've heard you've heard of sleight of hand. Slight of hand. Well, that's when when a magician tells you to look over here. You know, you know, look at this top hat. You don't see a rabbit. You don't see a rabbit. And then over here on the side, with the other hand, he's doing something else. Okay, he's deceiving you. He's got you looking one way while he's doing something with with another another hand. That's called sleight of hand. So this here is we saying by the sleight of men. Okay. So many times you wind up listening to the wrong gospel, the wrong doctrine, when those people are saying things to you with trickery in their hearts, with deception in their hearts. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Okay? And you don't want to be deceived. And you know right now from what's going on in the news around you, it may be happening in your country, in your neighborhood, in your province, in your community. You can see, you know the deceitful things that are being done right now. And there's more to come as this year goes on. There's more to come. So we don't want to make sure that we are not following anyone, anyone, okay, that is doing anything uh, that, is, that is contrary to the word of God, especially if it's under the guise of being a church, especially if that person is under the guise of being a minister of the gospel, especially if that person is holding themselves up to be, you know, an anointed one and so great and so well versed in the word. You need to make sure that Holy Spirit is there. Well, Holy Spirit will be there, but you need to make sure that you are availing yourself of Holy Spirit to make sure that Holy Spirit can tell you, tell you, you know, yay or nay to whatever that person is saying, to whatever that doctrine is, to whatever it is that that the quote unquote the government or those that are in authority around you are trying to bring to bear, trying to bring to pass. You make sure that you stay in line with that. We have to make sure that whatever man invents in this year to come in terms of, of, of social engagement, in terms of uh, uh, economy, in terms of anything, we need to make sure that we are prayed up enough to recognize if those things are false or not, or if God is indeed on board with what's going on, so that we can act and respond accordingly. Amen. 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 So let me read, let me just read that through again, verse. 14 and so it goes into uh, verse 15 uh, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things which is which is the head even Christ amen amen from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say unto you, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. We don't walk as those that are in the world. Amen. We don't walk as those that are in the world. Okay. We are children of God. We no longer do or go by the way what the world is telling us to do or make decisions based on what the word of God is telling us. You know, uh, we make decisions based on the word of God and not based on uh, the words and the thoughts of men. Amen. Uh, this I say, therefore, verse 17 again, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Okay. All right. So, so if you've got someone out there that is not a believer, 
you know, and they're in positions of authority. Or maybe there's someone in your family that's trying to guide you or trying to counsel you and so on like that. Like that. You, you know, their understanding is darkened. Why? Because they don't have the illumination of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, their understanding is darkened. They can never begin to understand what you can understand because Holy Spirit is there to enlighten you and to, to light the path before you and to tell you where to go and what to do. But if not, if not having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. There's a lot of ignorant people that, that are around us, okay, that find their way into our lives that are not of God. So therefore, they're blind to making the right decisions. They're blind to doing the right thing. Okay, they're blind to doing what God would want them to do simply because of the fact they don't have Holy Spirit. Okay, and they're alienated away from God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness uh, of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Amen. As the truth is in Jesus. That you put off former, you, you, you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Okay, you don't behave and act the way you did before you came to the Lord. This is so important for 2024, okay, because we don't make New Year's resolutions, okay? We simply make commitments, a commitment to God, meaning that, Lord, I'm going to strive to do better. I'm going to strive to trust you. I'm giving all my cares and concerns to you for 2024. You have no problem with smoking, you give that smoking to God. You have no problem with drinking, you give that drinking to God. You have no problem with lust, you give that to God, okay? You don't need them. Don't make any New, Year, New, Year, uh, New Year's resolutions because New Year's resolutions are saying what you are going to do. Okay. Okay. I resolved to stop smoking. And then on the next day, January 1st, 2nd, you're smoking again because you can't do it by yourself. But putting off the former conversation, the old man, the way you were before, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed by the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. All right. So this is where we're going for 2024. Okay. You do away with the old man and you put on the new man, put on the new man, which is in Christ Jesus and with Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit guidance. Okay. Holy Spirit. So he can take you through this new season. The Holy Spirit has many functions. He distributes spiritual gifts according to his will. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 7. One Corinthians twelve seven. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. Please underline that, please, verse number seven. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one of the selfsame, one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Okay? So we hear, you see here that Holy Spirit gives gives these gifts that 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 were just mentioned here: divers tongues, miracles, uh, uh, prophecy, and so forth. Uh, faith, gifts of healing. Okay, and these gifts are given to you to help you to carry out the office or your calling, as mentioned in the previous verses about someone called teachers, prophets, you know, pastors, and so on like that. In order for you to carry out your calling, the Holy Spirit is there also to give you these various gifts, and the Holy Holy Spirit is the one that gives them according to His will. 
his will. It's not anything that you can just jump up and seize and say and say, oh, oh, you know, I, I, I have the gift of healing. I have the gift of, of working miracles. You just can't say that for yourself. Holy Spirit decides what gift he wants anyone to have. All right. But again, this is understanding how Holy Spirit works, understanding how he works. This is one of, but one of his functions. He also con, con, uh, comforts and teaches us, as we saw back in John 14 there, uh, f- verses 14 and 26, and, and remains in us as a seal of promise upon our hearts until the day of Jesus' return, as written in Ephesians 1, 13 to, to 14. The Holy Spirit also takes on the role of guide and counselor. Holy Spirit also takes on the role of guide and counselor, leading us in the way that we should go and revealing God's wisdom and truth. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. And I, brethren... When I came to you, came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything, anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That was all I wanted to know was about Jesus. And as and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Okay, Paul is saying, I wasn't talking to you with all sorts of fancy and enticing words in man's wisdom. Many people that we hear preaching and and teaching out there, they can be great orators, great speakers. I submit to you that Adolf Hitler was a great orator. Mussolini was a great orator, a great speaker. They moved masses of the population in their favor to do all sorts of ungodly things. But Paul is saying here is, is that my speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Underline that, please. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Wow. Wow. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Man's wisdom, not based on God, not based on Holy Spirit guidance, is, is, is useless to us and should be shied away from. We should run away from it. Okay? Okay? Faith, our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world which come to naught. The princes of this world are, are the rulers. Okay? The rulers. We don't go by the wisdom of this world or by the rulers, especially when they're telling us ungodly things. When they're trying to lead us in a, in a, in a direction where Holy Spirit is telling you, you don't go there. We don't follow that. We don't believe that. Okay? And so the word of God is telling you there. Okay? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Okay? Those efforts come to nothing. They will come to nothing. They have come to nothing. And that will be the case. All right? But we speak, verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Okay, see, speaking here, a, a hidden, uh, a hidden, the hidden wisdom of God. It, it's a mystery. It's a mystery, right? which none of the princes of this world knew. None of the rulers of this world knew. The rulers of this world cannot understand God's wisdom. 
simply because of the fact they don't know God. They don't know Holy Spirit. So the rulers of this world, he referred to as princes, the rulers of this world, okay, the rulers of this world, they, they don't know. For, for, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay, so it's saying right there that if the rulers of this world knew and understood God's wisdom, they would have recognized Jesus Christ and they wouldn't have crucified him. Okay, simple as that. Okay, but they did not know when Jesus was talking to them. They simply did not get. They refused to understand where he was coming from. Jesus, Jesus was was, was a maverick, if you will, uh, in his time, because he was speaking a word that was so contrary to the pharisaical ways and thoughts and thinking of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. So, so they, they, they did not know. And had they known, they would not have crucified him, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I submit to you today also that if the rulers of this world knew Jesus Christ, they wouldn't be out there persecuting us. They wouldn't be out there persecuting us. If the rulers of this world knew and understood what Jesus was all about, what God is saying, God the Father, the Holy Spirit is all about, they wouldn't be out there persecuting us. Because what we say, they simply don't get. They cannot understand it because they have not been enlightened. They cannot be enlightened by Holy Spirit because they do not have Jesus in their hearts. Simple as that. You see? You see? You see? You see? So this should help the whole picture of what's of what's happening and what's coming down the pike in 2024. It should also clear up for you some of the things that happened in 2023. To help clear up some of the things that happened in 2023 and why things went the way they, they, they did in 23 and why things are going the way they are in the beginning of 2024. Rulers of this world, they simply do not know. They simply do not know. Princes of this world, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard. Please underline the scripture. As it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Underline all of that. Wow. You know, if there was a way, you know, put some flashing lights around those scriptures. I have not seen nor ear heard. In other words, you can't even begin to imagine. You haven't seen, you haven't heard, or even the thoughts have not come into your mind, have entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. God has some awesome things ahead for you, Saint, in this year. He has some awesome things. And you can't even imagine to, to believe it. You may wind up being someplace in a whole different physical location. You may wind up in a whole different new house, beautiful house, and a, a better job. You know, someone that you've been praying for, a, a mate, a husband or a wife that you've been praying for, a, a, a child that has been really giving you a hard way. All of a sudden, you don't see how they're going to turn around. You know, you can't even begin to, to imagine what God has in mind for you. Okay? You can't even begin to imagine. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. The only criteria is that you love God and he's going to take care of you in this year. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Again, see, there's the, there's the whole, there's Holy Spirit working in your life. God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Holy Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. In other words, the deeper things of you, the deepest things of you, no one knows. No one knows but you. 
your spirit. No one knows. The, the deepest, most confident, most personal things about you, no one knows but you. That means not even your wife, not even your husband, not your children, not your boss, not your, 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 your beloved Aunt V. You know, it, no one knows you the way you know you. Simple as that. And this is saying that it's the same thing with the spirit of God. Okay. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Okay. okay. So the Holy Spirit is the only one that knows the deeper things of God. No man can ever, ever, ever know. Okay. Okay. What man will come to know and can come to know is what God chooses to reveal to him. Okay. And it's the same thing with your spirit, same thing with our spirit. No one knows the deeper most things of us unless we choose to reveal it to someone else. But this is saying, so it is with God. No man knows the deeper things of God, but the spirit of God, which is Holy Spirit. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Right? Now, these are his words. Okay? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Okay? See, you see, so God has things that he wants to give you. Free of charge, all you have to do is to love the Lord and to seek him and to want to know these deeper things. And Lord will reveal them to you as, you, as he sees fit and as you are deemed ready to, to understand these things and receive these things. Okay? Which things also we speak, verse 13, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? The natural man or the unbeliever simply cannot understand and will not receive the deeper things of the Spirit of God. This is why if someone is asking you about something and, and someone is asking your opinion about something and you Holy Spirit is guiding you on what to say to that person and you're giving them some Holy Spirit wisdom, if they don't know the Lord, they will never understand what you're saying. And maybe you've experienced that. You know, The person will sit there and look at you and kind of, ooh, you know, this person is real Twilight Zone stuff he's talking here because it goes right over their head. They really simply cannot understand. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Okay, they look at us and call us crazies. Oh, they—he's he's a Bible thumping, Bible toting Jesus freak. Yes, I am a Bible thumping, Bible toting Jesus freak, but I'm not a freak. I am a Jesus lover. I am a Jesus lover. Okay, and, and, and what I say many times, people just simply do not get, especially if it's coming from Holy Spirit. So they simply can't understand it. They seem like they're foolishness. Okay. You see, so we see here now that the, the role of the Holy Spirit here is something that is, is really, it's, it's, um, it's, it's really, it's wow. You look at, at how he is there to help us in this modern day life. Okay. But how do we recognize Holy Spirit's guidance? It's one of the things I hear so much. Okay. Okay. I'm a believer. I gave myself to Jesus Christ, Pastor Mike. And you say now the Holy Spirit is there to guide me and whatnot. I've got so many questions, got so many things up in the air. How do I recognize his guidance? You know, how do I discern between my thoughts and the Holy Spirit's leading? Okay, and that's a very good question. How do I determine between my thoughts and the leading of the Holy Spirit? I mean, I'm praying for something and I'm, you know, maybe even saying something as, you know, as, as simple as, you know, you know, should I buy this? Should I buy this brand new car that I've been wait, wanting, wanting and now I can afford to buy it? You know, should I buy this car? You know, now if you may be listening to your thoughts, you know, you'll be hearing, yeah, 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 go on and buy it. Yeah, 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 go on and buy it. Maybe Holy Spirit, though, is telling you something different. 
maybe Holy Spirit knows that that particular car is, I don't know, going to have a whole lot of recalls on it or it's not a safe vehicle, whatever it may be that the Lord doesn't want you to buy that particular car. But how do you discern between my feelings for wanting to buy this car and Holy Spirit telling me no? Okay, Pastor Mike, you're telling me that he's getting there to guide me, but how do I know when he is guiding me? After all, the Holy Spirit does not speak to us with audible words. Rather, what he does is he guides us through our own consciences with the inner witness, the inner knowing. I gave a sermon on that some time back. Okay, the inner witness or the inner knowing. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's Romans 8, 16. I tell you the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul wrote in Romans 9, 1. Romans 9, 1. One of the most important ways to recognize the Holy Spirit's guidance is to be familiar with God's word. The Bible is the ultimate source of wisdom and about how we should we should go, how we should live, rather. Let's go to 2 Timothy 3. Okay. 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse or grow worse and and worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the uh, in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God, that the man of God may be perfect, truly, truly furnished unto all good works. Okay, so this is how this is how we, we know when it's the word of God, when it's God that's speaking to us. Okay. That's how that's how we know by reading the scripture. It says in verse 13, evil men and seducers shall grow worse and worse, deceiving and being and being deceived. Okay, so we need to continue in the things which you have learned and has been assured of knowing of whom you've learned them. From a child, you have known uh, the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto the salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All right, So that's where it starts. We've got to know what the scriptures say. And we have to understand, too, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. If you don't really understand it and believe it, then the Word of God, that Bible that hopefully you have in front of you is not going to help you any. You have to believe that this is God, this is the written God's, the written Word of God, and it's infallible. Okay? And it says it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction. Believers are to search the Scriptures, meditate on them, and commit them to memory. You know that in Joshua 1 8, it tells us to meditate on the word of God day and night, day and night. Meditate means you grab the Bible. You just don't pick up, pick up the Bible, read one or two verses or maybe a chapter or so like that. And then you say, okay, I read chapter so-and-so, so-and-so. That's my, that's my calendar for today. Okay, and then you just go on. You need to meditate on that word. 
You know, I encourage people that there's some very good um, Bible apps out there, some very good um, Bible reading plans, even, you know, that can help you to navigate your way through the Bible. If you don't want to want to start just at Genesis 1 and go all the way through Revelation, there are many good, good Bible plans that will will lay out, you know, so many chapters or verses per day and so forth in in various orders and so forth. But what I'm saying, the point I want to make there about those is that even if you're in a Bible reading plan, don't just because it pops up on your on your um, on your on your on your uh, tablet or on your phone on your computer to read chapters verse so and so so and so that you read it and then that's it you read it and then meditate on it holy spirit what does that verse really mean holy spirit may send you into a cross reference into another chapter and verse all right but this is meditating on the word of god so that you wind up really understanding what the word of god is saying to you amen amen so that's that's the first step there we have to search the scriptures. The word is the sword. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. That's in Ephesians 6, verse 17. And the spirit will use it to speak to us. He will speak to us to reveal God's will for our lives. Let's go to John 16, 12. Okay, John 16. No, 16, 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them right now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Underline that, please. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Okay? So we see that the Holy Spirit then guides us and shows us what the word, what the word of God is all about. He will guide you into all truth. You want to know what's going on in your job? You want to know what's, what the agenda is there? You want to know what's going on in your school system? You want to know what's going on with a family member that maybe is saying things to you that aren't 100% true? You want to know? Speak to the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. He will, he will reveal God's will for your life, especially here in 2024 when so much is going on. He will, he will also bring specific scriptures to mind at times when you need them the most. We saw that in John 14, 26. Knowledge of God's word can help us to discern whether or not our desires come from Holy Spirit. We must test what we hear or read or someone is telling you for that matter to do against scripture. Someone's giving you some advice about doing something. You test it against the word of God. Just to go take what they're saying, hook, line, and hook, line, and, uh, and, and sinker. Holy Spirit will never, never prod us to do anything that is contrary to God's word. That's why it's so important that you know God's word. Okay, how can you know that someone is telling you to do something counter to the word of God if you don't know what God, what God says on that particular subject or what's going on in your life? If it conflicts with the Bible, saint of God, it is not from the Holy Spirit, and it should be ignored. This is how you know. You want to know, Pastor Mike, well, how do I know when I'm hearing something? Is it from the Lord, or is it against the Lord, or, or is, is it me, or whatever? Okay, nothing that God gives you will be uh, uh, in, con- in contrast or against, against his word, his written word. If it conflicts with the Bible, it's not from the Holy Spirit, and it should simply be ignored. I don't care who's telling it to you, Okay. It is also necessary for us to be in continual prayer with the Father. We see that in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, where it says, pray without ceasing. Not only does this keep our hearts and our minds open to the Holy Spirit's leading, but it also allows the Spirit to speak on our behalf. 
Romans uh, 8, 26, 27 says, in, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes uh, for us through, wor- through wordless groans. But he, and he who searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So if you're praying in the Spirit, that's essence. You know, you're, you're, praying, you're praying in line with Holy Spirit, so therefore you're praying in line with God's Word. Okay? And you help your infirmities. You may not know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit knows what you need to be praying for. And so he'll guide you in your prayers even. You'll be praying for someone or you'll be starting your nightly prayers, let's say, for instance, and you're, you're starting to pray and, and all of a sudden you feel in your spirit, you know, your, 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 your cousin Matt, you know, you know, or your Aunt Tilly that I always talk about will come to you and you'll start praying for them. And you may start praying praying for Aunt Tilly, Aunt Tilly to be healed. You know, now how do you know that she's sick? But maybe the Holy Spirit knows whether or not she's sick. And so you'll be led in that way to who to pray for and how to pray and what to pray for when you're praying deep within your spirit, deep in the spirit. Okay. Another way to tell if we're following the Spirit's leading is to look for signs of his fruit. Look for signs of his fruit. Let's go to Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Okay? So, so those things should be manifesting in our lives. This is another way. This is a way that we know that Holy Spirit is indeed guiding us if we're following the Holy Spirit's leading. You have joy in your life. You have peace. You have love. Long-suffering is patience. Are you gentle? Goodness. You have faith. Meekness? Are you humble? You're not, you're not such a, a, a braggadocio kind of person that just runs around thumping your chest all the time. You know, you, know, you have patience, you know. These are the fruit that God wants to see us see manifesting in our lives. And if you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, then you will. If you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, when something goes right, goes wrong in your life, you won't get so bent out of shape, all of a sudden you go into a cussing tirade. All right. Or you start really, really down, browbeating someone because they bring you some bad news or you get some bad news somehow. And all of a sudden you just go, you know, you, you lose your joy and you lose your peace. All right. So if we're following the lead of Holy Spirit, when these negative things come into our lives, we will indeed maintain our joy, maintain our peace. We keep love for people. So that's another way that we can see the Holy Spirit is guiding us in our lives. If we walk in the Spirit, we will continue to see these qualities grow and mature in us, and they will become evident to others as well. People around you will start noticing Jesus. I don't know what happens to him. Or what. Man, he's always happy. He's always joyful. He's always got a good word to say. You know, he's patient. I don't know. What's with him? What's with him? The fact is that you are following Holy Spirit in your life. It's important to note that we have the choice whether or not to accept the Holy Spirit's guidance. When we know the will of God but do not follow it, we are resisting the Spirit's work in our lives. We cannot quench the Holy Spirit. See that in 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Quenching the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit is telling us to do something and we're not doing it. And then as a result of quenching it, we wind up grieving the Spirit. Okay, A desire to follow our own way grieves Him. You see Ephesians 4.30 and it says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is telling you one thing and you recognize the Holy Spirit is telling you to do it. Yes, so you still go on and do something else. That's grieving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will transmit the knowledge he wants you to have on something as a strong inner witness or an inner knowing. 
The inner witness is unknowing without any shadow of a doubt. You've probably heard the slang expression, you something that you, you just know that you know that you know that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that such and such is the case. And you have that in your spirit and you know that this is the right thing. This is the right answer. This is the, that's the Holy Spirit that's in you. It's just unknowing. Okay. And obviously it's in line with the word of God. Sometimes this inner knowing is referred to as illumination. The Bible calls it enlightenment, which we read a little bit before. All of a sudden you receive a, a supernatural illumination, a supernatural enlightenment on what uh, a scripture verse may mean. I personally like the term an inner knowing to best describe how the Holy Spirit supernaturally communicates to us in this life. Okay? It's a knowing. When the Holy Spirit communicates something directly to you through this inner witness, it will be a knowing without any shadow of a doubt. You will know that it's the right thing to do. You'll have such a peace. You'll have such a peace that this is indeed the right thing to do. When you receive one of these for the first time, you will know that it has come directly from Holy Spirit due to the strength and conviction of it. The first time it happens to you and you just know that you know that you know that this is, this is God speaking to me and what you're hearing is in line with the word, you'll become to, to understand what that feeling is when you have that knowing. And then it will become more manifest uh, more easily as time goes on. Okay, But you will know that you know that you know. After you start to receive these kinds of inner knowings from Holy Spirit, you will soon learn how to discern when one is really coming in from him or when one is just coming from your own natural imagination and emotions. Okay, that's what we have to make sure we're separating out. Our own natural emotions or something that we want so badly that we're overriding it and we're not listening to it. Again, remember, remember what you're hearing and feeling and thinking. It will, if, it's in, if it's contradictory to the word of God, it's you or someone else or wherever the thought is coming from, but it's not, not the Lord. If Holy Spirit is giving you this unction, this inner knowing, and it's in line with the word of God, then of course that is him that is speaking to you. A true inner witness from the Holy Spirit will come out of your spirit. It will not come out of your head, will not come out of your imagination, or will not come out of your emotions. Simple as that. Amen? The Spirit will never lead us into sin. Habitual sin will cause us to miss what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us through his word. Being in tune with God's will, uh, turning from and confessing sin, and making a habit of prayer and the study of God's word will allow us to recognize and follow the Spirit's leading. Simple as that. Amen. So in this year, 2024, we have a lot coming before us. We need to make sure that we are being guided by Holy Spirit so we don't make the wrong decisions, take the wrong actions. You know, we don't let ourselves get bogged down with worry because of what someone has said and so on because the Word of God may be telling you something otherwise. All right. So we need to make sure that we're understanding how to let Holy Spirit guide us through this life. Amen. Amen. I pray that you, you really replay this message and get into the word of God so that you clearly understand this because you need Holy Spirit in this year, 2024. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, why don't you pass on the uh, our website location? We can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. That's www.genesis1.sermon.net. Look at the top of the page. You'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when, when these uh, new messages are available to you. Uh, we also are on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. And we also have free apps, no charge free apps for Android and Apple devices. And they can be downloaded from the respective uh, Play Stores. Uh, also, why don't you come out and join us and worship with us live? Uh, we can be reached at 20, we can be uh, found.
around at 2651, our address, uh, 2651 Commercial Street Southeast, 2651 Commercial Street Southeast. It's in the Candelaria Terrace section of uh, Salem, Oregon. And services start at 10.30 a.m. on some Sunday mornings. Amen, amen. Come on out and join us. We'd love to see you. We'd love to, to worship with you, pray with you, pray for you, and, and just come and join us in fellowship. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Why don't we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and we pray in the name of Jesus that as we go through the balance of the day and the week ahead of us, that we shall remember these words, O Lord God, and listen for the signs and the call of your Holy Spirit, O Lord God. Let us always be mindful of his presence in our lives, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Let us be mindful of his, of his presence, and also let us be mindful to obey what he's telling us to do and to follow his lead. We praise you, Heavenly Father God. We magnify thy name. We glorify you because only you are worthy of our praise. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, in the matchless name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord.